Are you passionate about barbecue? Do you love the sights, the smells, the sounds, the heat? Well, if you said yes, you came to the right place. Join me on my competitive barbecue journey as I share tips, tricks, timelines, and techniques to help you reach your barbecue dreams. My name is Kurt Mueller. I'm the pitmaster of Atomic City Smokers, and it's no secret I am an absolute barbecue fanatic. I enjoy helping others and have had so many wonderful people help me on my barbecue journey. I decided I would create this podcast to help others compete on the pro circuit or become the king of their backyard barbecue. This is Barbecue for Newbies. All right, welcome into today's show. So today is a first. It's the first time we've got a promoter and organizer on the show. We welcome in Mr. Gary Lamb with Barbecue and Brews. Gary, thanks for taking the time to join us. Man, my pleasure. I've been looking forward to it all week. So let's first talk about this big event you got coming up. And by that, I mean Denim Fest, right? Denim Fest, yes. BBQ and Brews presents Denim Fest. It's going to take place in Canton, Georgia, the 28th. So next Friday and the 29th. Let's camp out on that for a second, Gary. What, What do the listeners need to know about that? Uh, so Denim Fest is, this is the first year we've actually done Denim Fest. So we have a relationship. We have a multi-use development here. It was a 600,000 square foot denim factory that had been empty for probably about the last 25 years. Um, developers started uh, remodeling and redeveloping that right before COVID hit. It now has a 25,000 square foot brewery in it. It has Thrive co-working in it. It has restaurants and bars and retail stores and has this huge green with a huge stage, and we put on probably about six festivals there a year. We do all their, what they call, large events. And so for this event, it is, uh, it's Friday and Saturday. Friday, I'll be focused on the kids, costume contest, all that stuff. We'll have probably about 100 retail vendors there that day. Uh, that night, we'll close that out with a band here that's really big in North Georgia called the Whiskey Rose Band. Saturday, we flip it over. Though kids are still welcome on Saturday, the emphasis becomes focused on kids. It'll be tailgating day. The Georgia-Florida game will be on the massive screen they have. At 8 o'clock, Guardians of the Jukebox, which is probably one of the hottest 80s tribute bands around, will be on. And so, again, it'll be 100-something vendors, food vendors, retail vendors, live music, football, cornhole. But what's making Dental Fest different than anything else that we've ever done is is we're doing our first ever, um, not the first ever for me, but the first ever unsanctioned, I guess you could say, I don't know that you want to call it a competition. We're doing a whole hog barbecue cook-off. And so what we've done is we've brought in six chefs slash pitmasters. Some of them are barbecue guys. Actually, what makes this one interesting is some of them aren't barbecue guys. And starting Friday night, they will um, start the process of cooking whole hog, which in my opinion, being from Georgia, being a Southern barbecue guy, that is the holy grail Mm -hmm. of barbecue. And so uh, they're all going to cook. Saturday, they will start serving, and it's a pretty good deal, to be honest with you. It's a $20 ticket. You get to go into a huge VIP tent. Each pitmaster slash chef will have about three different samples of dishes they have made. You'll be able to sample each of those. So you're going to get 15 to 18 different samples, what they're doing with the whole hog for a $20 ticket. Inside that tent will be a private bourbon bar. There'll be a bourbon tasting going on. Um, There'll be seats. There'll be tables. And so where most of our 
barbecue and brews events, we're bringing in barbecue food trucks. We're not doing that for this event instead. And actually, most of these guys are our normal barbecue vendors, but instead they're going to be under the tent serving their interpretation or serving their uh, take on whole hog and everything from appetizers to main course to even some desserts they're talking about doing with the whole hog. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Kevin Ward, I think, who's been on your podcast, 441 South is going to be one of the pit masters. Uh, Christina Chance, uh, they're fixing to open up here in Canton. Um, the Smoking Texan, um, actually longtime manager of Fox Brothers in Atlanta, is retiring. He's moving up, and he's the business partner in that. Brian Choate with Choate Barbecue, who's just kind of a local legend here in the Cherokee County area. Crazy Hog Barbecue will be there. Um, AF7, which is a probably the OG in our area of barbecue food trucks. And then actually to make it interesting, we're bringing in a grilled cheese chef. He owns a grilled cheese truck, cheese and confused, and we're bringing him in to put his spin on whole hog. And so you're going to be able to go to each of their stations under the tent. And like I said, sample anywhere between two to four samples that they're making. And so for a $20 ticket, it's actually a pretty amazing deal that you're going to get anywhere from 16 to 20 samples of, of what these guys have done. That's awesome. So you've got bourbon, you've got barbecue, you've got yes. brews, you've got denim, you've got yeah, whole it's gonna hog. Be, it's going to be a fun day. It's going to yeah. be a fun day. Georgia, Florida, great music. It'll probably, they'll probably, it'll be, there'll be thousands of people there. It'll probably be one of our events that breaks that 10,000 mark. And um, we, we have a lot of success here at this venue. And the venue is just laid out perfectly. It's right on the Etowah River. Um, the brewery's right there. It, it's going to be a fun two days. And, um, I think this is something that the mill is wanting to do every year. So it's one of the, what they're calling staple events that they're wanting to build on. And um, I'm looking forward to see what this turns into in years to come. I love that. So you can hear the excitement here from Gary. Get me, get me excited. If you want to find out any more information, go to their website, bbqandbrews.com. That's bbqandbrews.com. Check them out on social media as well. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram. You name and they can it. also go to um, Etowah, E-T-O-W-A-H, EtowahMill.com, and then click on events, and that will take you actually where the ticket, where you can buy tickets. It will tell you the schedule, the rundown. We will have all that stuff on the barbecue and brews page, too, but you can go to the EtowahMill.com page, too, and they've always got something going on, and they are lovers of barbecue there. So most of our events that we do there are catered, are centered around barbecue. Love it. Speaking my language and for our listeners, we'll have all those links in the show notes. So you can quickly you know, take a glance in that. And again, those dates are Friday, October 28th and Saturday, October 29th in Canton, Georgia. All right. So let's take a step back. So journey. I'm a big, big fan of understanding somebody's journey specifically as it relates to barbecue, right? And so right. you've got a very interesting journey, as I mentioned earlier in the show. You know, this is the first time we're chatting with a promoter on the show. So how did this barbecue journey start for you? Uh, like a sad country song. How about that? <laughs> so uh, believe it or not, I used to be in ministry. And so uh, I used to pastor a church. And when I was 28 years old, I moved to Canton, Georgia, and I started started a church and uh, that church grew very quickly in about five years right before I lost that church it was named the 17th fastest growing church in America and um, I like to say that my talent far exceeded my character during that time and so I lost everything I lost my marriage I lost the church I lost everything I became homeless 
literally overnight. The church is not the most gracious place in the world when you fall. And so um, I had a couple that let me move in their basement and I got back on my feet. I got a little house and I couldn't sleep. I was miserable. I didn't have my kids for the first time in my life. And my neighbor had this thing that looked like a black bullet and I'd never seen anything like it before. And I was talking to him one day and then one day he brought over some food and said, man, I made this on this thing. I didn't know what the thing was at the time. So I began to ask him questions about it and it was a Weber Smoky Mountain. And so I went out immediately with the little bit of money I had, you know, cause I was really smart with my money. I had like $400 and I spent almost 300 of it on this uh, smoker. And I know this sounds really dramatic and it sounds really odd, but uh, that smoker probably saved my life. I would stay up at night and there was just something of, I couldn't sleep, but now I would stay up and I would tend to the fire and I would play music and I would sit in my backyard and it was just me and the stars. And all of a sudden I started having all this meat that I couldn't, you can only eat so much meat, you know, by yourself. So I started feeding my neighbors and started feeding friends and then it turned into almost every weekend. I don't want to necessarily call them parties, but there was big gatherings at my house where I had been up all night because, again, I didn't sleep much. And I just really – one thing about me is I'm very um, – have a very addictive personality. So when I'm into something, I'm into it 150%. So um, I was into that for a while. I had done big events my whole life, even back when I pastored this church. We were a portable church, ran a couple thousand people in a movie theater. So every week, it was just this huge setup, huge production, and I went to a Jeep festival, actually, and I was, at that time, I had been, I was remarried, by this time, I was remarried, and I was walking around, and, and I looked at my wife, and I said, man, I can do this, and she said, well, yeah, but they're already doing this, I said, no, not built around Jeeps, what if we did this, and we built it around barbecue, I said, I think our town would go insane over a barbecue festival, and um, we had just had a local brewery open up here. And I said, man, we can bring the brewery out, barbecue and brews. And believe it or not, the social media was available and the URL was available. You know, that's always the key when you start anything. And uh, we held the first barbecue and brews. I believe it was man, seven, eight years ago now in Canton. And when I and I don't say this lightly, when I tell you we we shut our town down, we backed up the interstate two or three miles. We had almost twenty five thousand people there. We ran out of food by seven o'clock the festival didn't end until eight o'clock we ran out of beer we went through almost 200 kegs of beer in a day from there barbecue and brews was just born we started having towns call us and cities call us and so for a while we did we did canton every year in the spring uh then in the fall we they asked us to do another one so we did what was called barbecue brews and booze b-o-o-s it was a halloween festival built around barbecue then we went up to ella j i don't know if you're familiar with ella j and we did barbecue and brews presents smoking up the mountain and then uh cartersville which is a town next to us asked us to come and we started doing a festival there called a uh, barbecue downtown and then now we just added a second festival there called downtown alive and now ball ground which is a town to the north of us we do two festivals there all built around barbecue, all built around the best pit masters, all built around live music, all built around craft beer. And actually in the early days of our festival, so let me think, probably the first three and a half years, every festival also had a Georgia Barbecue Association sanctioned barbecue competition with it. 
And so we began to develop the barbecue and brews mini circuit. And if you compete, we kept up with the points from all four festivals all year. And at the end of the year, whoever had the most points, we had a heavyweight champ wrestling belt made. That was amazing. We called the first heavyweight belt in barbecue history. And man, these guys, we had guys from Elmira Mixon was there competing for it. Robbie Royal was there competing for it. And, uh, Gary and Dion Lanton were there competing for it. All these people you've seen on TV, and obviously Robbie Royal won that uh, first one. And so the bar, so it would start on Friday, and the festivals would be on Saturday. And, I mean, we got up to where I think the most we ever had is we had 115 competitors in our barbecue competition. They actually outgrew the downtown areas. I mean, I love doing festivals downtown. It's kind of my specialty, but the downtowns were not necessarily designed to bring in that many rigs, that many things and have enough space to do those and do the festivals. After about three and a half years, we made the decision to no longer have the barbecue competition as part of our festivals. And um, we can get into that if you choose to, but we just they, we didn't need them anymore. Um, the barbecue became the pit masters. And so barbecue and brews has just kind of evolved into its own monsters. We did, the, uh, we, we did a music festival one year that was three days long. Man, barbecue, you can't get any more American than barbecue, and you can't get any more American than beer. And to be honest with you, we just thought it was a great brand and really thought that was going to be the focus of building a lifestyle brand around it. But I'm a serial entrepreneur, and so I'm always chasing a rabbit over here or chasing a rabbit over there. I, I actually own a wrestling promotion. I own a fight league, an MMA promotion. I'm actually just filed the paperwork to just open a uh, – small craft distillery here in my hometown. So, uh, you know, if I quit chasing squirrels, barbecue and brews could probably be even bigger than it is, but it provides a good living for my family and I, and, uh, man, we enjoy it. We're actually in a spurt right now, started last week, October 15th, where we have five festivals in five weeks. And so, you know, it's, it's balls to the wall right now, and we are wide open right now in that barbecue world. I love it. I love it. Very, very similar traits as, as I have. I, I like to chase a lot of different things and yes, a lot of different rabbits, a lot of different rabbit holes that come up. Yeah. You, something that you said though, that I did want to camp out on. And I think this is interesting because again, you're the first promoter or event organizer that we've had on the show. And we were chatting before the show, before we started recording just about the, the longevity and the, the future of competitive barbecue. And you made a comment that, you know, you know, you had a barbecue contest for several years, maybe more than several years. And then all of a sudden oh, you yeah. realize, hey, this is just not financially. This doesn't make any sense. Right. So I want to I'd like to hear from you, though, because, you know, I'm a big believer in there has to be some changes made in the competitive barbecue industry in order to ensure its longevity. From your standpoint, from a promoter's standpoint, really, it's a two part question. We'll start with the first part. What do you want to see as a promoter from these various sanctioning bodies, GBA, KCBS, you name it? Yeah. So I would say don't hold me this number because someone will come along and hear this and say it's an inaccurate number. We did between 12 and 15 sanctioned. I don't remember the exact number right. over four years. I can't remember because one year we did one, one year we did four, the next year we did – I don't remember the exact numbers. Of all the events I've done – and I have done hundreds of events. I've done, and, and I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I've done events that have drawn tens of thousands of people. Barbecue competitions were the most fun of anything I did. I loved them. I loved setting them up. I loved the community that happened. 
I loved everybody showing up throughout the day, Friday and catching up. I loved the fact that everybody stood up, stayed up all night long and they shared stories and they had a blast. I loved the chaos on Saturday morning. Man, they're, they're, this is a this is an onion right here. There's so many layers to it. Simple answer is this. Everything that we do, we have a philosophy. One of our core values in all of our events is fans first. And so everything we do is based on the people who are coming in and what is fun for them. How are they going to enjoy it? These barbecue sanctioning bodies, I, I don't know, excuse my language, but they don't give two shits about people showing up. They don't give two shits about fans showing up. They don't care about customers showing up. They don't care about an audience showing up. Matter of fact, I almost think they prefer they don't show up. They look at them as a nuisance. They're a hassle. Um, the barbecue competitors look at them as a hassle. You have this mindset. I want to show up to a barbecue competition. I want to be able to walk around. I want to go watch Robbie Royal do what he does because I've seen it on television. I want to see Myron Mixon do what he does because I've seen it on television. I want to be able to shake his hand. I want to be able to take a selfie with him and take a picture with him. And then here's the big one. And I get it. And I understand both sides. I want to be able to sample his food. And in four years, I could not figure out how to convey, hey, we're doing a barbecue competition. It's incredible. Come check it out. Oh, no, you can't check the food. Chances are they're going to be hid away in their trailer the whole time. Hey, Myron Mixon's going to put a, actually a black plastic wall around his unit where you can't even see into it. It was pointless. from a fine, So that was just from a fan standpoint. From a, fan, from a financial standpoint, we did anywhere from 15 to one year we added whole hog, and it was $10,000 winner take all to $25,000 in prize money. Even with 100 people signing up, you barely covered your winnings. Then you had to cover, you had to bring in these huge generators. You had to rent parks, you know, water. I mean, a lot of places had water, but I mean, we, I know this sounds nuts, but we would spend four to $500 in water hoses. You know, that adds up. You had to bring in porta johns. You had to bring in pop-up tents. And everyone's like, well, you go get sponsors. You go get, but here was my logic. All the sponsors that I can get will sponsor my festival. And the festival doesn't cost me money. It makes me money. So I'm going to go raise $25,000 in sponsorship money that I can put in my pocket from the festival. But instead I'm raising $25,000 in sponsorship money to pay it all out to these guys. And here was the kicker. They brought no value to the festival. The festival starts at 12 o'clock on Saturday. They're done. They've turned in their stuff. They're waiting for the awards. The minute the awards are over, now my festival's in high gear. It's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. The bands are rocking. There's thousands of people. And here's all my barbecue vendors hooking up and leaving. They won't even stay to the end of the festival. There was no point at all. So tell you a funny thing, and this guy's going to get pissed off because he thinks I have an issue with him. I don't. We actually have a GBA sanctioned barbecue competition next Saturday, the same day I'm doing Denim Fest. It's for homeless vets. What a phenomenal cause. What a phenomenal cause. The guy has raised, I, I've seen it. He's got billboards around town. He's got He's raised a lot of money in sponsorship. But my logic is all that you're raising, you're spending right back. He wants to know last year why he only had 200 people show up. Your average person's not showing up to a competition. It's boring. 
Right. And I don't know that. And, and then this is their answer. Every time you bring it up to them, this is their answer. Well, you could do people's choice and sell plates. Okay. So I do a people's choice and I make two grand back, but I, but I kill myself in the process of trying to do the people's choice. It's still not what people want until they figure out how to make it fan friendly. It's going to be an insider thing. We have a huge barbecue competition about two towns over. It's massive. And they literally don't even open it up to the public. What's the point? They know. Go to the fairgrounds. Shut the fairgrounds off. We're doing the competition. It's this insider-focused, unfriendly thing. And that's cool. But there's a reason everybody's dropping barbecue competitions. They are sick of losing money. And again, you bring no value to my festival. We have a huge one here in Kennesaw, Georgia called Pigs and Peaches. Pigs and Peaches, yep. So I go to Pigs and Peaches for the first time. I'm expecting it to be a barbecue. Have you ever been to it? No, we're signed up for 2023, though. So let me tell you something. It's massive. I mean, it's, it's a huge festival. Kennesaw is a huge town. So I'm expecting it to be this huge barbecue festival. It's not a barbecue festival at all. As you're walking through the place, it's a festival. There's food trucks. There's music. There's vendors. There's kids. It's just like any other festival. Then all the way in the back, you start seeing campsites, and there's guys cooking. I would love to be able to meet with that promoter and be like, well, why do you do this? There's no way this makes you money for the amount of work that you do. But I've talked to, I've literally had barbecue guys want to fist fight me over it because they don't want to hear the truth. I, you're being an ass. You don't know I love barbecue competitions and I'm pretty good at my job. I know what I'm doing. Dare I say I'm probably one of the best in North Georgia. I, I, I do them all over the place. It makes no sense other than if you just simply love barbecue competitions and you want to do one for the sake of doing it from a financial standpoint and in addition to your festival from a fan perspective, there's literally no sense at all in doing one. Even when we added the point championship, I was like, man, this would be awesome. People will build, people, they don't, they want to taste the food and they want to interact with the pit masters and they can't do that in the competition. And I get it. You paid a lot of money to compete. You paid a lot of money for your meat. You're into that thing, seven or $800. So I understand why you're not worried about the fans, but there's got to be some kind of balance somewhere where everyone is not just looking out for number one. And I asked so many people why they go to the one incoming, so many barbecue competitors, and they flat out told me because there's no fans. Cool. Then you go do your cute little barbecue competition, but those guys are not going to last. As a matter of fact, I don't even know. I haven't even seen anything about that one doing it this year, so I don't even know if they're doing it. But go do your thing. But eventually the money's not going to make sense for you to do it as a promoter. That's exactly right. And that's something I saw pretty early on. And I started to ask questions. I'm new to the competitive barbecue scene. You know, right. our team was formed a year ago. So we're, we're still in the infancy stages. But one of the things that I kept hearing over and over and over again is you can't make any money doing competition barbecue. And I would agree with that as a general statement, but anytime that I hear that, that I hear somebody say, you can't do X, Y, Z, I'm just wired to say, well, maybe I can, let me right. figure out a way. And what I realized is that the mentality is exactly as you just said, I even started to, to adopt that mentality where I would get, you know, frustrated or, you know, upset if I was interrupted trying to get stuff done. But, what, when it really dawned on me, and this was probably 
I guess three or four months ago, when the light bulb went off, I said to myself, the only way that this this industry, if it is an industry, this competition industry can succeed long-term is we have to make it more people-friendly. We have to make it right. more fan-friendly. There's there's literally nothing fan-friendly about it. Nothing. You can't right. name one thing that's fan-friendly about it. it it's it, The only thing that we've done a little bit differently is we took a we took a leap of faith and we just started to bend at the same time we were competing. Yes, yes. A lot of work. A lot of work. <laughs> A lot of work. Um, but what I realized quickly is, to your point, A, when people go to anything that's barbecue-related, festival, competition, whatever, they're expecting to eat barbecue. Right. And we were down in Baxley, Georgia, back in September. Out of 31 teams, we're the only team, so it worked out well for us, we're the only team selling barbecue. Right. Only once. So I think... That's that's part of it to try to make it more appealing because if, if yeah. I'm in their shoes, I'm, if I'm in a fan's shoes and I don't know anything about competition barbecue and I go to a barbecue festival, I'm pretty much expecting to right. meet and chat with pitmasters. Yeah. And even from the standpoint of the competitors, I'm a brand builder. So that's what I do for a living. I build brands and I'm not doing anything every weekend that's going to cost me that much money. So what I'm going to do is, and, and I kind of operate with a CEO mentality. And so I'm going to bring my team in. I'm going to be the face with the place. I'm going to be working social media. I'm going to be working TikTok. I'm going to be building the following. And why my guys are doing that, which is what I do at my festival. Well, my team is out. The joke is Gary doesn't do anything. Well, Gary does everything. Gary's the visionary. But I also, I'm the one shaking hands. I'm the one kissing babies. I'm the one that everyone has seen leading up to the event on all the live videos and all the promo videos. And people want to shake hands. And I'm, I'm, hey, let me buy you a beer real quick. You know, I'm giving them a beer. I'm going to be the face with the place. I'm also going to have merch. I'm going to be selling shirts and swag right there because I built my brand enough. I'm at least at a minimum going to break even and say, man, this is a fun hobby that I don't lose money at. To watch these people just lose money every week is mind boggling to me. But at the end of the day, I don't really care if they choose to lose money, they choose to lose money. I'm the promoter. You got to give me something. And then here's the other thing. Even the award ceremony, I'd have a band up there. I'd have 2,500 people sitting on the grass eating food, watching the band. The minute the award ceremony, by the time the award ceremony was over, there's 100 people out there because it's the most long, boring, drawn-out thing. And then, I'm a cusser. You have to forgive me. This bullshit about pay down through the top 10. So this number 10 is getting $25. Who cares? Man, it's, it's participation trophy at its finest. You know, when I did the whole hog, we did whole hog, winner takes all, 10 grand. And, dude, they were like, you're not going to have anybody sign up because no one's going to go take that risk to walk away with nothing. And, and you know what? Out of 100-something people, we only had like 13 people sign up for the whole hog, but I don't care. Man, it was exciting. When we stood up on stage and I had that big $10,000 check and I played it up to the crowd and I brought those people up there. And it, it was incredible. And um, I just think there's there's just no point in competitions. I don't know if you move it back to where they're turning in Saturday evening. I, I, I don't know. I, I think the festival people would love to see them running and make the turn-ins. I, I don't know. It's just it literally is over by the time the festival starts. It's done. By noon, all the turn-ins have happened. Right. So now the people that are even showing up for the festival are showing up and there's, they're watching the guys clean their clean, you know? 
<laughs> exactly. You're you're exactly right. And I'm I'm curious on your your take though. So obviously I know the easy, lazy answer is, well, I'll do a people's choice. And then but then right. you have to organize it and you've got to get volunteers right. because the teams don't want to serve the public and blah, 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 yeah. blah. From your standpoint, outside of just the, the typical answer of people's choice. Is it maybe some meet and greets with some of the bigger names? I mean, yes, what, that's exactly what can they do? So, so I think that would be a huge thing. I think they need to start the time, change the times. I think that turn ins need to be around two or three, four. Again, it needs to be while the festival is going on. Uh, now, again, this is different. Mine went along with festivals. Most of them that I see go along with festivals. Right. So I do understand there's some that are just barbecue competitions, and that's all. The one that's happening next weekend is a barbecue competition. There's no festival at all, guys doing a barbecue competition. For me, it, to coincide with the festival, I think turn-in times need to be later. Because the, even if they're not getting to eat, to all of a sudden be able to walk around, that's about the only time everybody's outside of their trailer. See them outside their trailer, pulling the stuff, panicking, rushing. I think that would be awesome. I think that would create a buzz. I think the award ceremony, cut it down to the top three winners, leave that thing at 30 minutes, make it a big deal, have the big checks out there. I think some meet and greets would be phenomenal. I, and I get the guys, man, but you turned it in now. Now it's a waiting game. So now go over here and meet Robbie Royal. Go over here and meet Kevin Ward. We have made, and, and we've actually lost it, I think. But six years ago, Barbecue Pitmaster for the effing rock stars of the food world. Food Network and all these shows made them rock stars. They were literally rock stars. Well, guess what? Right now in my building, so I have a 32,000 square foot event venue. I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy named Chris Jericho. Um, he's a big wrestler. He leads yeah. a band called Fozzie. So all of Fozzie is outside, is from Canton. They, they're fixing to go to England on tour. They're all literally on the other side of this wall right now rehearsing. Um, right before I started, Chris was walking in, getting out of the limo and walking in the building. And um, Chris Jericho's a rock star. And when he carries himself, he carries himself like a rock star. But here's the deal. He's accessible. And I watched him as he's pulling up. I don't know how fans do it, but they were signed. He was out there. I'm not, I'm not telling you there were thousands of people, but there was five or six people after he stopped. He was signing autographs. He was taking pictures with them. He was meeting them as he walked in the building. These guys need to learn to build a brand and yeah. learn how to, like, man, let's get some good branding. Everything doesn't have to be the cheesy clip art pig that looks horrible. And um, I'll tell you something else you might not know about <laughs> me. So I actually was with Kevin Ward. I was his partner when he started 441 South. So when he started that, like I remember us going and we paid a lot of money to a design firm to come up with that stuff. And we're like, listen, we don't want it to be the cheesy clip art. And people all over this town, you'll see four, Kevin's in my town now. You'll see people wearing that swag and he's, he's creating a 441 lifestyle brand. And Kevin Ward is a rock star in this town. And when you walk back there, there's a thousand gallon smoker and he's letting, showing it to you and being accessible. I, I think these guys, and there needs to be a PR guy with these competition teams and show them how to do it because it sounds really arrogant. I don't want to sound this way, but in some ways at my festivals, I'm, I'm the rock star. That, that's who they know. And so I'm not walking around hiding behind a wall. They want to see me. They want to see a gear. Everybody calls me the black sheep. So it's, I'm always in a black sheep shirt. It's my brand. I have the shirt. I, everybody wants a picture with the black sheep. Everybody wants to know. They're always at my, my wife runs my booth. We sell my own stuff at my festival. And they want that. And people just want to feel important. And 
man, barbecue does a great job of making you feel unimportant, which is so contradictory to what effing barbecue is. Barbecue is about community. Sit around the fire. Have you seen, I can't remember what it's called. It might be called fire actually. The Netflix barbecue thing where it was a one show and they went to Africa everywhere. They went to Texas and they showed how from the beginning of time, cooking on fire, how it brought communities together. Yep. I did see that. It's um, called Chef's a, Table Barbecue. Yeah. That's that's a great, great, great thing, man. I loved that show because that's what, to me, barbecue was about. It was about community. Once a month, my crew comes over. I have a very, I call it my tribe. My tribe comes over once a month still to this day, and I barbecue for them. And they come and they eat, and we. It, it, there's just something, you know, I mean, you know, we, we, I literally, it's on our shirts. We say, eat with your hands, laugh with your friends. And um, that's barbecue to me. But yet that's exactly what barbecue competitions are not. Right. And so it's weird, man. I, I just don't get it. And I don't get why they're not getting it because it's a blue collar thing. And it reminds me of almost what's happened with NASCAR. NASCAR's moved away from its roots. And they're seeing it in the decline in numbers. NASCAR, I, I, I don't give two rips about watching guys go around in a circle. But I used to go to three or four NASCAR races a year. Why to barbecue? Yes, to hang out, to tailgate, have community. The community there was unsurpassed. And we've just made it this bougie, arrogant, cocky thing. And um, my son goes to uh, Jacksonville State in uh, Jacksonville, Alabama. And he's a freshman there. And we went and watched him play the other day. And after the game, we took him out to a, to a restaurant. And he said, hey, there's supposed to be a good barbecue place over here, Dad. And it was called Cooter Browns. And it's been a long time. I, I'm in the suburbs of Atlanta. So it's been a long time since I went to a barbecue place that looked like it was about to fall in. Yeah. Like literally looked like it was made out of plywood. And yeah. they were lined out the door 70 deep. We finally got a seat. And they had barbecue plate, barbecue sandwich, ribs chicken plate four things on the entire menu there and i mean i love brisket and i love burnt ends and i love all the but it was so refreshing to sit in a barbecue place that to me was old school barbecue and i i I took them on my city some of the best ribs i've ever had in my life and my wife's like you never compliment any barbecue plate (laughs) It's just good. But I don't even know that the food was good, man. It was just the environment was good. Right. And so that's barbecue. Why did it become these $150,000 rigs to cook barbecue? Um, We're talking about doing, I'm talking to the man, I'm getting the itch again to do a competition. And I think I'm going to do an unsanctioned stick burner barbecue competition. I just got to figure out how to go about doing the judging. But I do. I want guys to show up with their stick burners. I'm not anti. I'm not into any of this stuff. I'm, I I I now barbecue 90 percent of the time on a big green egg. You know, so it's not right. like I'm some old school guy. But I've got the laying in the backyard, and I, I still got the Smoky Mountain. But the green egg's easy. But there's just some. There's just something about staying up at night and tossing that wood that is barbecuing, cracking that beard, hanging out with your friends. And I just think the competitions have got to get back to. Uh, what made barbecue barbecue. And I'm hoping this whole hog thing that we're doing next weekend in a little bit brings that back. People walking around, sitting around tables, eating whole hog. I, maybe I have it. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I had this mythical fantasy in my head about what barbecue is. But for me, that is what barbecue was. And I, and I think competitions have, I, I think competitions are worthless. 
one of the greatest things that you just said was this idea of branding. And I think a lot of teams will tell you, well, I don't care about right. my brand. I just want to go compete. And that's all well and good. But to your point that you made earlier, it's very self-focused. And I think if they want to continue to do competitions, and this is the point I come from, if you want to continue to have competitions, then it is in your best interest to build a brand, make yourself accessible, share information. Because yeah. People want to interact. They want that community like you talked about. And I think it just goes back to, unfortunately, what we get into with really life in general. And that is sometimes people just get very self-focused. They do. Well, and they don't see, and I get this, man. They're not the promoter who's got $30,000 into this day that he could lose everything. Right. But they can't see the forest because they're looking at the tree. They're exactly. not looking at the big picture. And they're not looking long-term. And I know that we quit doing barbecue competitions probably in 2019, right before COVID. Not because of COVID, just because we decided to quit doing them. And of those four cities that we did, no, five cities that we did, we did them in LJ, Cartersville, five cities, ball ground. Only one city, and it just started last year, Canton, now has a barbecue competition. So that's four that have gone that have not returned. And no one else has done them. And I'll be shocked. And I'm not, and I hope the one in Canton lasts forever, but I'll be shocked. I know KCBS competitions used to be everywhere and they're hardly anywhere now. And um, they better figure it out. Art's going to go away. And then here's the other aspect that these guys aren't thinking about branding. They aren't thinking about marketing, but it's also why so many guys get into the competition world and they're gone in a year. They burn themselves out. They realize how much money they spent. They didn't get anything in return. And, and barbecue competitions are weird, too, because I always help people. I wish so-and-so would go start a barbecue restaurant. They're a barbecue competition winner. I said, you couldn't eat that barbecue. That barbecue's made for one bite. It's one bite. You go eat that whole rack of ribs, and you're going to be so sick from sugar and sweet. And so that's a weird thing, too, that what we're judging barbecue on isn't even the barbecue that people eat. It, I don't know. It's just a broke system. And it's sad because, man, it's a fun system. Like, I, I, can't, I can't emphasize enough. I, I know I, I shit on it a lot here, but I, I love barbecue competitions. Man, I think they're amazing and they're fun. They're, it's just a broke system, and, I, and, I, and there's no desire. There's Greg Sebastian with the Georgia Barbecue Association has zero desire to fix it. And when I met with him and I told him, like, you would think, I don't mean that from an arrogant standpoint, but you'd think someone would say, hey, man, we're not doing the five competitions a year we used to do. You think you would at least get a phone call asking why? And we didn't because there's just an, an odd – when you guys compete, well, I guess KCBS, you said you're doing Pigs and Peaches? Correct, yeah. We So we actually started competing in the GBA, and then we've recently transitioned back in the spring to KCBS only. Right, yeah. And I like the GBA because I'm a pig guy. I like GBA because – when I first started, so when I first started competitions, barbecue competitions were at their height. KB, CBS didn't even want to talk to me. That was the last thing they wanted was another competition. They had 300 of them in Georgia a year. And so, and I, I loved the guys in the GBA at that time. And I still do. I mean, I love the competitors, Matt Sapp and I said, Robbie and all those guys. I mean, it's a great group of guys. I don't know. It's hard for me because I see the competition world as something that could really be cool. And, oh, and it, it could be really cool. We've got Deep South up here, Randall Bowman. Yep. And 
who, who was at war with the KCBS. I don't know how those details, but man, you know, they're in like World War Three with each other. And um, me and Randall have talked a lot about starting our own. But at the end of the day, who has time for that? You know, I mean, we don't have time for it. I, and again, I don't know what that would look like. I'd have to really brainstorm. But a fan first barbecue competition. I don't even know if it's at the end of it. And I get help, Coach. I understand. Everybody's barbecue gets thrown out and we have a big, huge table that goes down the middle and it's almost like a potluck. I, I don't know the answer, yeah. but I know there's power in um, sharing a meal with somebody and, and it's, it's amazing. And I don't know what it is. A, the 500 pound guy who feels awkward and unsuccepted in society suddenly lights up and feels comfortable to talk when he's hidden behind a little paper plate. And That's I think, so true. And there's yeah. healing power in food. And so I don't know. Um, that was an idea I had run tables down main street, have the competition, let everybody, you know, somehow figure out how to do sides, but all of a sudden the, the food just gets thrown, the barbecue gets thrown out of the trays and you walk by and serve yourself. But, but then, then you get government involved and the health department's not going to go for that. And so it's, I, I don't, I don't know the answer. Like most people, I'm great at throwing out the problems, <laughs> you sure. know? but I don't know the answers. So. Well, I don't think there is, I don't think there is one singular answer. Yeah. There's not a, there's not a silver bullet here that can fix everything. But to your point, I think there is hundred percent agree. There is something magical about sharing a meal and building that community. And I yeah. think that teams have to understand that this is a little, this, it's not about them. It's about right. making sure that we continue to have competitions. Otherwise, you know, coming from you as a promoter, it just isn't worth it. And you know, I personally don't really like it when we are separated. Like, you know, this past weekend we were in Grovetown at the Papa Joe Banjo BQ, and we were the, the competitors were outside the festival gates. Right. We, right. I like interacting. You know. Yeah. We had none of that. So. Yeah. You know. And I would love to. I would love. I mean, you don't get much bigger than that. That festival. I and I still I'd love to see the numbers. I question any of. Here's the other problem I see with barbecue competitions. And I don't know if this is a problem, but here's the problem. When I was doing barbecue competitions and doing festivals, I was the only promoter in the entire state that was doing barbecue competitions, GBA competitions, that did it as a job. So for a lot of these guys, it was their, man, it's fun once a year to have a barbecue competition. I want to organize it. and It makes me feel good. And I get all of that. So their goal wasn't to make money. But my whole thing is most of them's goal, the money goes to charity. So right. wouldn't you much rather give $40,000 to charity as opposed to $5,000 to charity? You know, and so I, that was always thing. Well, that's because you're full time. That's why you don't get it. Well, okay, well, that's how, I guess. I just, but you guys also always say, man, you love my events the most. You, you say, man, Gary thinks of details that no one else thinks about. Right. Small little things everything we bring in djs for them. We, we you wouldn't believe the spread we brought in on them for friday nights feed them and we, we thought about it because we're full-time at it. that's what we do for a living right the power i used to have I man you're the only festival we go to that doesn't have power issues well yeah man that's what we do for a living i use these guys 20 weeks out of the year you know they're gonna make sure i'm here that we have power so it goes back to goals for us it was to make money so i wanted it to be top-notch a lot of these guys the one in canton next week it, Good guy. He's a volunteer. He's retired and he wants to raise money for the homeless. Awesome. Great calls. But my, my logic to him is wouldn't you rather raise 50,000 as opposed to 5,000? Right. You could change some things and do a little bit better. But I also think that goes back to the GBA or excuse me, the board of what 
Chevron wanted to show these guys what to do and have okay. some ideas, but most of them are volunteers. So it's just, it's a, it reminds me a lot of church, man. It's just like, this is the way we've always done it. Right. And church is now dying and they don't want to change. And that's cool. And the barbecue competitions are dying and they won't realize they're dying until they're all gone. Until they're gone. Until it's too late. That's right. You're, you're exactly right. So, and you know, from my side of things, I mean, I, I, I know that you enjoy competitions, you enjoy barbecue and I'm the same way. I'm always looking at how to improve things. Right. And I'm not the type that's just going to accept an answer like, well, we've always done it that way. Right. I'm always going to ask, okay, well, is that the most efficient way? Is that the best yeah. way? Yeah. You know, and, and it, it didn't take me long to realize that, uh, yeah, there's some, there's some improvements that I think that can be made to make it more fan first, fan friendly. Right. Cause at the end of the day, you're right. Nobody wants to eat competition barbecue. You right. can't. No. Uh, and just because somebody won 16 grand championships or whatever it is, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to like their barbecue. I'll never forget the very first competition that I ever held in the night. Probably the most famous barbecue guy on television was in my competition. Gave me a rack of ribs. I remember throwing them in the back of my truck and being so excited. I'm going to go home and eat so-and-so's ribs. And had three bites in, threw them away. Not because they were bad, but like, I, I remember they tasted like, after about three bites, they were like I was eating pancake syrup. Yep. And it was just not, that was just my ignorance. I didn't know. But, I, you know, he's trying to get a judge to take one bite of something. Right. It's not made eat a whole rack up, you know. And so it's an interesting thing. And I think at the end of the day, all the ideas are great. But I like that. Again, that's one of our values, fans first. If every place would just say, man, what can we do to make this interactive for the fans and make the fans have a good time? And I'm wired different. I like crowds. So I want to be cooking with a thousand people standing around watching. I mean, that, but I get that everyone's not like that. So that's right. I mean, I enjoy the pressure situations as well, but not everybody's like that. And they want to stay in their own little, right. little bubble and do their thing. And that, and that's fine too. And like we've already talked about it just, we need to we need well, to make some serious changes in order to ensure my that. question to them would be if it was working, I get it, but it's not working. There's nobody that will argue with you. The competitors are down, the number of competitions is down, the the prize money is down. Right. And so it's not working, but you know what? Let's stick our heads in the ground and act like it doesn't exist. That's right. Well, what is working, it sounds like though, is is denim fest and barbecue and brews and yeah, the again, festivals work great. There you go. People, and again, for people our love listeners, barbecue, man. There's nothing more American than barbecue. You know that. Barbecue, baseball, and brews. <laughs> yeah, barbecue, Football. baseball, and brews. That's America. <laughs> that's that, right. That, that's our contribution to the food world from America. It's not pizza. It's not. It's barbecue, and it's so regional, and it's so awesome, and there's so much diversity. In it. Who knows? You could take five guys making a pork butt, and they can all five pork butts be totally different. You know. Right depending on the sauce and the seasoning and the wood that they use and the art, you know, that as much as anybody, there's such a skill set that goes all six of those hogs will taste different next Saturday. And that's what makes barbecue barbecue. And they're all, and all six of them will probably be really good too. So. They'll be all incredible. <laughs> that's right. So again, for our listeners, make sure you take some time, check out the website, bbqandbrews.com. Check them out on social media. If you're in the Canton area, Next weekend, the 28th, 29th, check out Denim Fest. We would be there, but we'll be up in Shelby, North Carolina, 
at a at a at a competition. That's awesome. <laughs> so, so how um, many competitions do you guys do a year? So this is our first full calendar year we're competing, and we'll finish with assuming nothing gets canceled. We'll finish with eighteen. That's so, awesome. That's a big commitment. It is. It is, and um, we've had a lot of people ask us if we're going to open a restaurant, and I. Everybody wants to know. Everybody asks. My response to that is, well, if you give me the money, <laughs> so, right? So, uh, yeah. but again, we we appreciate the time, sir, and um, glad we were able to connect. And I have to thank, I believe, Tony McGee for connecting us. So, hey, Tony is a barbecue machine, is he not? He is absolutely a barbecue <laughs> machine. He, he connected me with you, and he also connected me with uh, Kevin. Ward, yeah, he's a great so, dude. But uh, again, our listeners, bbqandbrews.com, check it out. Take some time, get up to Canton, go to the Denim Fest, put on by Barbecue and Brews. And uh, Gary, thanks again for the time, sir. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Barbecue for Newbies. Make sure to share this episode with a buddy who's looking to get into barbecue. Follow us for more on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And last but not least, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Chat with you next time.